Another edition of Bucky's Podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk some football. Feels like it's been a little bit with everything that's going on with football, uh, but today we're going to get into our conversation about spring football, or should I say, lack thereof. Uh, if you haven't seen already, uh, college football spring practices have been canceled across the country. Uh, the Badgers did not get any in. They had uh, their pro day, and Coach Chris talked to some guys, but other than that, the team did not really get any in. Um, some other schools did get uh, a few practices, but overall, uh, the spring football season was cut short. So we're going to go through and kind of talk about the impact of that, how it impacts the Badgers, how it impacts college football in general. Um, and after that, we're going to get into another interview. We've got uh, 2021 quarterback commit Deacon Pia Hill. Uh, on the podcast, we're doing an interview with him, so you guys will have that in the back half of the show. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get into just some football stuff to kind of mix it up. Uh, next week, we will have uh, some more basketball stuff. We're going to do our postseason awards, hand out that type of stuff. Uh, might have Drew join the podcast as well. So, Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, just continuing to just watch his news unfold um, around us about everything going on with COVID-19. Um, but how are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, you got to just kind of keep uh, rolling with the punches uh, of COVID-19. It has been a, a pretty impactful, uh, you know, few weeks. It's still hard to believe. I mean, t- it's two weeks from today or two weeks today that uh, the NBA shut down. It feels like it's been two months since that happened because that was kind of the kickoff to everything. But uh, we're getting through it. I know uh, some schools and stuff are starting online classes, so Starting to find uh, some rhythm of things. I know my uh, brother is starting to get back into swing. He goes to school at Edgewood, and they're starting to do online classes. So life is hopefully going to start creeping back to normal here. It's going to be a little bit weirder for a little longer, but I think as a nation we're starting to get through it. But unfortunately, uh, COVID-19 struck again and took away spring football, which is a pretty big bummer because I know both you and I were planning on getting up to and, and, and seeing some practices uh, trying to get to as many as we could to cover this thing, and now it's just gone. And it, spring football is a little different than, than fall practice, but how how much of a bummer is it that uh, we're not going to be able to have uh, those couple weeks of football? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big bummer, uh, and I really feel bad for, for the players. You know, it's something that they look forward to and they get excited for. It's It's really, you know, winter conditioning is a big aspect of the team getting ready for the following uh, school year, getting ready for the following uh, season, but spring football is really what really starts it in my eyes. It, it's a time for, for guys to, to kind of jump out and, and make some headway, try to find a niche on the team, and they're not going to have that. Um, for you and I, though, yeah, I mean, they were going to have those 13 practices, um, you know, a good chunk of which were going to be open to the media, so we were going to be able to go in and see. I, I always enjoy being at practice and seeing seeing things, it gives you a nice glimpse of what's to come, and, and you know, it just felt like, you know, it was, I guess it was really like two weeks ago where we 
we had our draft here on the podcast talking about who to which players were we most excited to see, and, and we're not going to get to see any of that. We'll see how the NCAA maneuvers around this because some teams were able to get in some practices. Some teams were able to complete their whole spring practice regiment. Uh, other teams like Wisconsin and a lot of the teams in the northern uh, part of the United States didn't get a single practice in. So kind of how, how are they going to work with that? Um, I know that there's a, a gap in the recruiting calendar. Could they maybe move some of the stuff? So there's a lot to, to peel back here, but it's a pretty big bummer. How, how bummed are you? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think, it, of course, you know, for us, we like you said, we love to get up to practice and, and get to those ones. I was excited to get and see some of the new faces, see how some of these guys are developing because we haven't seen most of them uh, since that you know, Rose Bowl loss in Pasadena, uh, which I, I don't like to talk about anymore. But <laughs> it is a bummer, you know, just for those guys. Th- these weeks are so important for, for some of these players. I know some guys have went through spring practice, you know, guys that have been junior, senior, maybe it won't impact them as much. Um, but, but for younger guys that are, are looking to make a push in a position group or jump up and, and take some reps from another guy, this changes that whole landscape. So for the more experienced player, you know, upper class and things like that, maybe it doesn't impact you as much. But for younger guys especially, uh, it, it, can, it can be a big deal because it's two weeks of reps, it's two weeks of learning. You know, you think about uh, the early enrollees that are, you know, freshmen coming in that are trying to learn the playbook. These are kind of the, the, the these are the reasons why these players, you know, get to campus early to be enrolled for spring ball. All of a sudden, they lose that. So, it's it's a pretty big bummer. I know there's been a lot bigger bummers around the country, uh, you know, in terms of the sporting world and things like that. But overall, this this still stings, and it's it's going to be pretty impactful as we go forward into you know fall and summer and how we get into next season. Yeah, I mean it's it's at this point, you know, we we are going to talk about it that they bumped back the the date for season tickets to sign up for um, from later part of April, I think it was April 20th, back to May 11th now. So um, that gives people a little extra time. They also said that people would get the refund back if um, this drags into the fall, which, God, I hope it doesn't. Uh, that would be a long time for us to kind of be in this secure and hold position. Um, so hopefully things can get back to normal, like you said. Uh, we can get back to seeing football because uh, we've got a lot of sports that are on hold, and, and football is, is the biggest moneymaker for most of these universities, especially a, a school like Wisconsin that has, uh, you know, a 75, 80,000-seat uh, stadium uh, and a huge revenue around the stadiums of football in each Saturday, those six, uh, I think it's five next year that, that come about because of um, the Badgers. Yeah, and that's what the you know that's the crazy part of this whole thing is that yes, on the surface it's it's just spring football, uh, but that kind of has the ripple effect on everything. You're seeing sports cancel, you lose out on revenue. The economic I- impact of some of these things are are huge, and if that trickles into college football, God forbid, you know, obviously we're both uh, you know hoping that that doesn't happen. And any Badger fan that's listening to this podcast, it, that probably strikes fear into you. But I know there has been you know those discussions in case it does. And I think we've got a pretty good handle on, on what's going on. And I hopefully people are doing the right thing. So we don't have to, but uh, I know what's in the back of a lot of people's mind is how is this going to impact football? Because it's already impacted every other sport. So 
I, I know on the surface it's, it's only spring football, and, and for some people maybe spring football isn't as big of a deal, but uh, it, it it's going to have ripple effects across the country. But the nice thing for the Badgers, I know some teams have gotten practices in, but the nice thing for the Badgers is that most other schools are, are kind of in the same position. It's not like it's just against Wisconsin where they're the only team having to deal with it. Uh, you know, Minnesota didn't get any practice in. Uh, Iowa didn't get any practice in. So it's it's kind of the same, but there are some schools that, that did get a jump, but unfortunately that's just kind of uh, an unfair break. And if you got them in, good for you. But if not, you're, you're kind of in the same position as everybody else, and you just got to kind of work through it. Everyone's kind of going through the same thing. Yeah, no doubt. So let's talk about just how impactful that will be uh, in terms of the football side of it, because spring practice is a pretty, you know, Coach Chris preaches development. He doesn't really plan on figuring out his starters in spring practice, but it's more about reps. So for people that maybe don't know what goes into spring practice, what do you think is, is kind of the, the most important aspect that we're going to be missing out of? Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest thing is you've got some of your younger players coming in, kind of giving them uh, a chance to get their feet wet and and potentially flash to show that, hey, I deserve a bigger chance or a bigger share of the pie come fall. Um, and then the other thing is usually they go ahead and they lay out the playbook, um, you know, just the base packages, making sure that your base packages are put into place so that when you get to camp, you've got the jargon down of understanding what a, a 46 kick is going to be, um, understanding what uh, how a the guard is going to be expected to pull on a particular running play or the route tree that a wide receiver and quarterback position need to have, have down pass. Um, with a new passing game coordinator coming in with a new wide receivers coach, it's, it's not uh, it's not totally cemented how that might look. I know we still have – um, you know, the quarterback's coach in John Budmeyer, you still have Chris, um, who, who is his offense. You still have Joe Rudolph, but you, ne- you never know what um, the new wide receivers coach is going to bring in- into effect. And so they, they got to do go through a lot here and just not having that ability to, to have extra practices for younger guys to show what they can do and for um, the team to add some, some new wrinkles, some other nuances, some some added base um, schemes into the defense and into the offense, it, it takes away a lot. And just that learning ability, because you saw Jonathan Taylor was able to focus on primarily just catching the football and running the routes uh, the last couple springs. A guy who might be ready to look in at something that's out of his comfort zone, for example, Kendrick Pryor was going to be working in the slot, yep. according to Paul Christ. He's not going to have those spring practices to do it. And it's not the same going through and watching cut-ups of film of A.J. Taylor or other slot wide receivers. You know, if you're watching Deshaun Jackson, for example, in the NFL, it's not the same And unless you're actually running it and doing it full go with uh, the bullets flying around you. So it's it's definitely a missed opportunity for a lot of guys. But, but like you said, most other college football teams are going through this, trying to figure out new and creative ways to combat it. So. I saw today um, Mickey Turner had a meeting with a bunch of the tight ends. Um, So they're getting around some of this stuff, but it it still is a little different than what you normally would be doing at this time of the year. Yeah, and that's the toughest part is that you're used to, you know, coming in for two weeks and and getting these practices and getting these reps in. 
now all of a sudden, you know, you, you have to prepare for trying to find new ways to do it. I know a lot of schools have, have put together workout programs and, and, you know, like the group FaceTime with, like Coach Turner tweeted out with his guys, and a lot of schools are doing that. But that's that's just not, like you said, not the same as getting out there, you know, with pads on, getting your cleats on, running around, learning learning the things that you need to learn. So, again, it, it greatly impacts the the younger kids coming in or, or guys that are trying to make an adjustment to a new position or a new role in their current position, like you mentioned with Kendrick Pryor. Those guys are going to have the toughest part, but I think it's going to be, you know, as, as a player, there's just going to have to be a, a, a more focused off-the-field effort, you know, studying playbook, getting – getting a hold of your coaches and, and working through it as best as you can because this thing it isn't going away. This is something that, you know, spring practice is gone. Now we have to kind of pick up the pieces and try and figure out where we can get to. So it's it's a difficult position because it's not like you had a, a contingency plan put in place for this. It's something that nobody expected to happen. It's not like, uh, it's not like we came into saying, okay, this year we're not going to have spring practice. This was all dropped pretty abruptly. So, Coaching staffs, players, training staffs, everybody's gotta gotta make adjustments. And I think whatever programs make adjustments and, and do as much as they can with the resources that they have are, are probably gonna have uh, a little bit of an advantage coming in. But speaking of advantage, uh, this to me, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look around the country and think of teams that are, are gonna be really impacted on this. And part of me thinks not necessarily a huge advantage for the Badgers, but in some areas, they don't have as much coaching turnover. You know, I think of of Minnesota losing their offensive coordinator. All of a sudden, you're trying to put in a whole new offense uh, into in essentially what's going to be fall practice and over group FaceTime. So Wisconsin has, you know, Rudolph in plays. They've got Coach Chris, Jim Leonard on the defensive side. So you've got familiar faces. But do you think that's uh, – do you kind of agree that the Badgers maybe have a little advantage in that area or, or maybe disagree? Yeah, I mean, any time you are looking at a huge undertaking, such as a new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, new head coach for a team like Michigan State in, to stay in the Big Ten, it really does take some time to, to gel and coalesce together. And Wisconsin has the advantage of, hey – not much is going to really change. You know, obviously you're missing some of your bigger players that made a significant impact last season. You're also um, without Ted Gilmore. You have Elvis Witted coming in um, into a new position for the Badgers. So there is a little turnover, but for the most part, most everything else is intact. It's kind of business as usual for Wisconsin. So I think you're right that there is some advantages over um, other programs. But at the very least, it's it's not like a team like Ohio State or Iowa or anybody else in your division has a leg up on you because they aren't ahead in getting practices in. They're not um, able to do something that you're not able to do. Like, I'm guessing Wisconsin's got players in the weight room working out, um, you know, in small waves um, and, and making sure that they're far apart from one another. Um, they're giving them specific workouts. I remember um, when – John Detman, that was the head strength coach for Wisconsin, he had specific um, packages set up for each position. They've got these guys understanding what they could be doing, even though they don't necessarily have the weight room right next to them. So these guys yeah. are able to work on stuff still. So I agree with you. I think at, at this point, it's, it's it, at the very least, 
it's a no point or a slight advantage for Wisconsin because there are teams undergoing huge. Yeah, exactly. Made I mean, and Wisconsin's not one of those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, uh, you know, I saw on Twitter today that Tom Fornelli tweeted out kind of a list of, of teams that were most impacted by this. And I was eager to go on there and kind of see if the Badgers would be one of them. Thankfully, they weren't. But, you know, I look at, uh, you know, his list. And, and, of course, this is the CBS writer's opinion based on what's departing and what's coming in. But uh, he's a pretty respected college football, you know, analyst. And he had the, the likes of Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, uh, Ohio State, and Penn State on there because they all have either, you know, major player uh, departures or a lot of, of coaching changes. So thankfully the Badgers, you know, from a, a guy, you know, that is, is pretty well respected in the college football ranks, they're not on that list. It's still going to impact them. But when you look at the situation uh, across the country, there could be there could be harder ones. You know, you look at new coaches, Mike Norvell at Florida State trying to work in a brand new offense and, and get accustomed with his coaching staff. You mentioned Michigan State uh, with Mel Tucker, things like that. So, there, while it's not ideal for any college football program, everybody wants these two weeks. Uh, it could be worse, and it, the Badgers maybe don't get a huge advantage in that, but, it, again, it's better than being in a position where you're trying to put in a new offense, a new defense, and, and build on uh, an entire entire group like you've got uh, with some of these other p- programs and coaches. I'm, I'm glad you actually brought up Florida State because – you know, Mike Norvell's got it is in an even harder position than if you look at like Michigan State because he has to completely, you know, whirlwind the entire culture there of of trying to change things. Whereas Wisconsin's pretty pretty set in stone and ever has been since 1989 when when Barry Alvarez joined the crew and and kind of took things over. So things have been pretty status quo. The the recipe for success has been there, the blueprint. Whereas you see a team like Florida State who's kind of you know, gone their up and down in waves these past, you know, decade really, um, they're going through a lot more and having to combat some of the laziness that was going on with, with some of the players. You know, I know Michael Norvell specifically called players lazy and and would take starters out and throw them, throw them off out of the practice and say, come back tomorrow and try it again because you're not giving enough effort in their, like, first couple practices to set a tone. So, Wisconsin doesn't have to do anything like that. So it is a, a, a good situation to be in that they are such a stable program at this point. Most definitely. That's going to play a, a big role as we get into, you know, the spring practice and lack thereof and into summer and, and fall with all this that's going on. So it's uh, no nothing's ideal, but it, it could be better. You know, it's better than most is a good way to put it. Uh, let's talk about specifics of Wisconsin in this. We talked a lot about the landscape, but – Obviously, there's going to be position groups that are are more concerning than than others with with the Badgers. You know, there's there's going to be groups that we feel pretty comfortable with, and some that you know, without spring practice, you're kind of sitting there scratching your head and going, "Well, I wonder where this is going to be." So, uh, let's start with where where do you think what group are you more concerned about now that spring practice is gone and they don't have those you know days and reps to uh, build things and figure things out. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to go with wide receiver. Um, yeah. Obviously, breaking in a new coach, breaking in a new philosophy of how to kind of do things um, is is going to be tough. They don't really know who Elvis Witted is up until a couple weeks ago when he was hired. Um, so getting that adjustment period down, um, giving the chance for some of the younger guys to, to flash really 
wasn't there. And this is a group that's replacing a lot. They're they're replacing their top two wide receivers in AJ Taylor and Quintez Cephas. And they they've got some weapons. They've have guys who have proven that they can do it. It's it's just a matter of consistency and seeing some of the other um players that don't have the the name recognition on their back to to rise up as well to fill those shoes. So I would say um wide receiver and then running back is, is another one. You know, Jonathan Taylor held um the the bulk of the line or the lion's share of the the rushing carries last year. Um and that's he's gone and they need to find a replacement. So Nikia Watson's a guy to obviously turn to, but then you've got other guys behind him who who have battled injuries, who are supremely talented. Uh, can they could they have um made a jump and potentially tilted things their favor this spring. So I think those are the two positions that I'm looking at as still having the biggest questions moving forward uh, on the offense, which is which is never great because those are two very important positions. But if we know so, one thing about Wisconsin is they're going to find somebody to be able to run the ball. Yeah, most definitely. And they're going to have uh, you know an offensive line that has some new faces at the same time, but uh, I'm fairly confident in the running game to get things figured out. And it, maybe it's a slower start, but there's going to be a lot of offenses that, that start out a little slow because you don't get all these reps and, and things like that. It's going to have an impact when you get to those first few games and snaps that way. But uh, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of wide receiver. You know, you've already kind of talked about, you know, which programs are impacted more. Uh, and it's usually the programs that are replacing coaches on their staff and also replacing, you know, talented players. And, of course, the Badgers are, are dealing with a new wide receiver coach in Elvis Witte, but you're also having to come up with new players to replace the production of Quintess Cephas, which was a huge piece that you're going to have to try and scrap together with. You know, you've got the Danny Davises of the world. You've got the Kendrick Pryors. But those guys were still looking to step into new roles and to get familiar with uh, a new position coach. And Ted Gilmore's had a, you know, done a pretty good job at that position of, of getting those guys and working with those guys. They knew that system. Now all of a sudden you're, you're stepping into a new role, but you're also dealing with um, you know, a, a new coach and learning in the new language and, and new stuff like that. So uh, wide receiver is definitely the one uh, concerning one for me. And then I think running back, like you said, is, is definitely going to be a spot to watch. But hopefully the Badgers, with their you know principles in place and more familiar faces with that, that they can get that figured out as we get going. Uh, on the opposite side, is there any group that you feel pretty comfortable with uh, despite the lack of practices? Yeah, I think I think the defensive line is, is something I feel really comfortable with. I think this is actually probably okay that they're not getting as many reps. You've got a lot of veterans in, in that group. You've got a lot of guys who are also um, coming off injuries, like like a Bryson Williams. You've got a lot of guys who um, we're going to miss fall camp. You know, Bryson. In addition to Bryson Williams, you had um, Keanu Benton was going to miss spring. You've got a g- couple guys who have been banged up in the past. In, in Rand and Loudermilk, give them a little extra time to, to rest. I think the D-line is in a really good spot. I, I also think that the, the secondary um, yeah. is in a good spot, and I don't think that they necessarily needed the reps as much as um, what, they, what we needed. Um, but, and then I also I think just the quarterback position, you know, is, is there's not as much concern about that group. If anything, there's just going to be a competition to see who's going to be the best but they have two really good options uh, in my eyes. I don't think that they're going to be in a bad situation no matter who's trotting out there to start 
whether it's uh, 17 or 5. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I had secondary written down as kind of my one that I didn't worry about too much. Uh, I, I know there were guys, you know, Scott Nelson's going to be a guy that, that he wasn't really going to be involved in spring practice anyway, but he was going to be ready to go in the fall. So it doesn't really hurt a guy like him because he wasn't going to be back anyway. Uh, and the rest of the secondary has some pretty good depth already. We've, we've harped on that secondary being, you know, this year coming in experienced, but also, you know, experienced depth, which is something in, in college football that you want. You want to have guys that have played a lot uh, and you want to have that, you know, with, with your two and three deep. And I think the secondary in those positions are going to be pretty strong already. And they've, they've been through and they've done it and they have the familiar face of, of Jim Leonard uh, leading them and, and working with them. So I don't worry about them too much, which is, uh, a pretty good thing because usually coming into spring practice, the secondary, uh, at least for the past decade, where you're usually looking at new faces, you won't have that with this year's team. Uh, and the defensive line is another good answer because, uh, like you mentioned, those two guys were going to be out anyway. Isaiah Loudermilk and Garrett Rand always could benefit with rest because we know what kind of injuries they've dealt with. Uh, and then you know, even at linebacker, there were some there's some new faces coming in that'll have to, uh, you know work into the roles that they're going to be in. But a lot of those guys are still pretty experienced. So defensively, I don't worry too much. I think it's the the big concerns of this lack of spring practice is going to be um, on the offensive side of the ball. You know, and the only concern with quarterback might be how, you know, how Jack Cohn or, or Graham Mertz gets into a, a relationship and a groove with some of these guys. Because last season you saw Quintez Cephas and Cohn had a clear connection. That maybe didn't start in spring practice, but a lot of these connections, you know, QB and wide receivers, that's where you start to work out some of those kinks. So I think uh, the offensive side of the ball in general is, is going to be the much bigger concern uh, versus the defense with just the lack of reps. Yeah, no doubt. And and I, I think um, that the specifically the, the safeties, uh, I think, are in a really good spot just because Eric Burrell and Scott Nelson were going to miss the practices. And then you throw in that you have – guys behind them that have played Division One football um, and, and are ready to continue to move up, like Reggie Pearson. You've got guys um, behind them that uh, are established, you know, like Colin Wilder. So they have plenty of depth at that position. They just, they didn't really need the practices um, to, to keep them going. It was more for the younger guys, like a, like a, um, John Torchio or Titus Toller. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's going to be, you know, have them in a pretty – comfortable spot just given uh you know that that they've got faces that are that are familiar with being out there and there's a lot of other programs where you're going to have to put in new faces uh in terms of that you know I know we don't want to tick back too much but you think of like programs that are replacing you know both uh both a quarterback and a new coach that you're trying to work in a new system like a Washington State uh or Mississippi State with with Mike Leach being gone that's going to be a concerning one so Again, it could be it could be worse for the Badgers than a lot of programs because there's a lot of programs that are going to be dealing with much more turnover, and I think that's it comes back to kind of the advantage. But is there any other specific players or, or group of players that you think this impacts more than others? I know we've talked about how this will impact kind of the younger guys uh, in general, you know, incoming freshmen, things like that. Yeah, I think I think it's just the younger players uh, in general. Guys who are just coming in, I think it helps uh, some of the kids that are enrolling in the summer instead of enrolling in the spring. It gives them a, a chance to get equal reps early in practice. Like I could see the NCAA giving a few extra practices at the beginning of of the fall camp uh, if 
if it comes out that um, this goes in, in, into the spring longer. Um, but I, I think it also um, hurts or hurts some of the kids who are on campus who maybe are redshirt freshmen or redshirt sophomores who are, are trying to, to fight and move their way up to the depth chart and are looking to make um, a move on the guy in front of them. You know, I'm thinking of a guy like Graham Mertz who's, who's trying to um, unseat a, a starting quarterback this is the extra practices that he could have had to try to, to show those flashes of what he can do, show the coaches, hey, we should have a competition in the fall um, and that goes a little deeper and that this might be something that we can put into place to have them both going. Um, you know, in some of the positions like outside linebacker where you've got a, a bevy of different options looking to try to make a, a play for that starting outside linebacker spot opposite Noah Burks, you know, Isaiah Green May is probably your number one candidate and probably has a, a larger leg up now just simply because of the fact that they had this time taken away from a guy like Jalen Franklin or a guy like um, Spencer Lytle. So we'll see kind of how it unfolds, but I definitely think the younger players who could have used this extra these extra practices for growth, um, it, it's it's never great. Yeah, and that's the toughest part is that you you maybe had excitement about a guy. I know uh, the Mertz stands out there won't like to hear it, but when you're when you're going in and you're essentially taking two weeks away of reps from from a kid like that, that's that's gonna not necessarily put him behind the eight ball. I know he works hard and will will give it all to get into competition, but that's just two week less of reps for the coaches to see versus Jack Cohn, who's who's been in the position, played a lot last year, knows the offense, things like that. So uh, there's certainly position battles that this will change because spring football was a way for a lot of these guys to, to make that jump or, or show the coaches that, you know, they that in a, in a different setting than, than fall practice where they're, they're working on schemes and stuff, they're working on what they're going to be doing for week one. Spring practice was all about repetition and the coaches seeing where their guys are at, and, and now they don't have that. So... Any position battle, uh, it's probably going to now, you know, maybe be leaned in favor of the more experienced player because you're going to, you know, you're that much closer to game one in, in the first snaps without an extra two weeks that so many college football coaches call um, a, a really critical couple weeks for a lot of programs. Yeah, for sure. Anything you want to touch on? I know you mentioned a little bit already, but uh, season tickets, I know that's kind of an impactful thing uh, in terms of that. So anything you want to touch on with that? I, I, just, I like that the, the UW is proactive on this. And like some of the other Big Ten teams are saying, hey, uh, we're still planning to go ahead with everything, but that if, if in fact, um, the spread continues beyond the fall, which I uh, really hope it doesn't, um, it that everybody would get a full refund. Um, I know you're a season ticket holder as as am I. So just to to know that hey, there's less to worry about in terms of getting your money back. Um, you know, I had a trip planned during this time that um, my wife and I and friends had to turn away from. Um, so and and didn't get necessarily every single dime back from that. But understanding that with the university, you get everything back is is just a uh, a good move by them, and it's and it's um, something that that makes it a little easier to to push forward to to keep your tickets and not have to worry about um, the financial you know dollars and cents of it as much. 
Yeah, because that's a huge impact for sure. I mean, not know it's it's the not knowing uh, in some of these situations that's the hardest part because we don't know when this is going to get better or when it's gonna when it's gonna impact how long it's gonna go out for. So knowing that financially uh, you're not going to be you know stuck in any situation with that is good uh, because we all want to be out there on that first Friday night against Indiana. We all want to be in the stands and watching it. But if uh, God forbid it it doesn't happen. Uh, at least, you know, season ticket holders, you're not going to be financially strained by uh, by the university that way. I think a lot of uh, companies and organizations have uh, maybe done a poor job of handling some of this stuff, uh, but the batters seem to be on top of it. So credit to those guys uh, for uh, staying on top of it and working with the, the fans through this, you know, unprecedented time. So. All right, guys, well, that wraps up our portion. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, we did mention we're going to have an interview with Deacon Pia Hill on after this, uh, so make sure to stick around for that. We're going to go ahead and kick it over to a couple quick ad reads before we get into that, um, but after the ads, make sure to enjoy the interview. Thank you guys, as always, for listening on Wisconsin. All right, we now welcome on 2021 quarterback commit Deacon Hill out of Santa Barbara, nice Southern California. Deacon, thanks a bunch for joining the show. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? And uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. We are great. Uh, let's get right into it. Um, you know, I know you had a pretty successful junior season. How do you think uh, that kind of went? And, and what was maybe the highlight of your, your season overall? Um, yeah, I think I had a pretty good junior year. You know, I didn't start my sophomore year, so taking the first starting year as a junior, it went pretty well. You know, we went to the finals. I think that highlight of that year was getting to that finals just to get a taste of what it's like to be winning and be there. We came up short by three points, but, you know, that taste is just that what uh, that's what kind of motivates you after you lose that game. Yeah, for sure. Um what do you think is your kind of your greatest strength as a as a player currently? Uh, definitely my ability to put the ball where I want it to go. Uh, throwing is definitely my strong suit, and being able to uh, read coverages and like just be adaptable to the situation. Yeah, Deacon, I know uh, we were talking, you know, planning this. You said that you had a workout a few hours ago. Uh, what have you kind of been? working on this season as you go into your season to, you know, into your senior season to try and get better? I'm just working on getting more uh, mobile, being able to, you know, make more plays with my feet and just staying more compact, not getting wild with my arms or my body, just being able to stay compact and make throws. That's a, that's a big part of it. Um, you know, you really hit the camp circuit hard early this spring. Um, obviously, it's kind of been cut short with everything going on with the coronavirus. Um, which camps did you attend, and how do you think you performed? I went to the Rivals, Under Armour, and Elite 11 Regional. Uh, the Under Armour and Rivals camp I don't think were my best days. I think I had decent days, but the all the Elite 11 Regional, I think, was one of uh, I had a really strong day there, and I think I – you know, prove the point that I should be one of the top guys. So what was, like, the overall experience of those camps? Do you do you have any plans for your offseason in terms of, you know, visiting other places or doing anything more like that? Um, Not really. I'm just trying to get uh, my team ready to go for this next season. You know, we're really young. We graduated 30 seniors. So I'm just going to try and prepare this young class. You know, you guys are the guys now. We need you to step up. 
Nice. Um, in, in terms of your recruitment, are there any teams that have reached out to you since you committed to Wisconsin so early? Um, I mean, I get letters, like normal letters that are like graphics and stuff from like Utah, Colorado. Um, but nothing really is like official. Like, no, I mean, there's been a couple coaches who like directly texted me like I know Pitt has. But um, other than that, nothing really official. So I know you and you had a pretty good visit with yourself and your family when you came up to Madison. What maybe what stood out to you about the program uh, during your visit? Anything special catch your eye in terms of you know just being on the campus or, or being around the football program? Uh, there's def- the one part. The couple, there's a couple of things that stood out to me. I mean, the first part when I was going into my recruitment is I didn't really care about the distance as long as where I felt or where I was going to go felt like, you know, I was leaving my family at home to be with a bigger family, you know, wherever I went. And, you know, I really felt that was Wisconsin. The other coaches really care about the, uh, the players and all that. And then the other thing was just the level of competition and the level of, like, excellence that the, that the school and the program demands from its players. That's something I really want to be a part of. Nice. Um in terms of the academics at Wisconsin, do you have any idea of what you're hoping to major in or some uh, an area of focus that you want to look, pursue? I'm not 100% on what I'm going to major in yet. Um, I'm taking kinesiology class right now because I wanted to see what sports med would be like, um, and I'm really enjoying that class right now. So that might be something I'm going to be interested in because I want to be a coach when I'm older, so I feel like that could help my background. Or I know a lot of coaches major in, like, physical education, so I might do that, too. Very nice. It's good to see, uh, you know, focus on the academics. I saw on your Twitter it was a 3.8 GPA, which is uh, always welcomed at Wisconsin, for sure. Um, In terms of on-the-field stuff, uh, you know, I'm sure you've had a a close relationship and conversations with Coach Budmeyer and Coach Chris, but what has kind of been their their message to you as you get ready to, uh, you know, take your talents up to Madison? Just to be, you know, mentally ready to go and, you know, just be able to, you know, because, I mean, Division One football is a completely different life than high school football and the rest of it, you know, it's really physically and mentally demanding. So I think they're just, the biggest thing is they just want me to be ready and be able to push myself to where I'm just ready to go when I get there. Um, in terms of kind of the, the group of commits that are starting to surround you, obviously we had uh, Jake Cheney on just last Last week, to when he to break down his recruitment and his commitment, um, how do you get along with the current commits, and how do you guys kind of stay in touch with one another? Well, we all have a group chat, and it's it, I mean the group chat stays pretty active. You know, we we talk almost every every day or at least every other day, and it's just really fun because we're all I can I can just feel like we're all getting kind of closer already, and. You know, we've already had plans, you know, like trips. We're going to do our freshman year together and stuff like that. So I think we're bonding really well, and I think it's going to be a really fun time. Very cool. Is there is there maybe a guy in the group that you feel uh, is, uh, you know, you've gotten to know pretty well uh, and make some connection with? Or is there a, maybe a funniest guy in that group? Because it seems like these, you know, Wisconsin classes seem to be so, so tight-knit before they even step foot on campus, which is uh, a pretty cool sight to see. Yeah, I mean, this group chat when we first made it, you know, I had I hadn't laughed like that in a long time. Was, <laughs> you know, they're all joking around and stuff like that. Um, I mean, even TJ and Daryl and RJ, who haven't committed yet, were in there and they were just like joking around. I mean, I'm pretty. They're close to committing, 
But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, it seems like we're going to be pretty close already. I mean, like this 2020 class that just came in, they're all pretty close. I know all the early early enrollees are really close together. So I think that's going to be just another class like us. You know, I feel like we're going to be really close. Um, so kind of jumping off of that, are there any players that you're really working hard to build a relationship with and that you hope commit to Wisconsin here in the future? Definitely RJ, TJ, and Daryl. You know, those are big guys on the defense. But I, I have to – I'm still working on a couple tight ends to um, – try and commit because I know we got Cam Large in the 2020 class and that's I mean he's really good so I'm just working on a couple and then right now just the main focus is getting those top three right there RJ, Daryl, and TJ you know because they're really close to committing you know just trying to push them over that edge. Very cool well Deacon we appreciate you hopping on Um, it was great to talk with you you guys are of course welcome on the podcast at any time and we uh wish you luck on your senior season as you uh, make that chase back for uh, a state title. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. All right, Badger. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, As always, we'll be back with you next week on Wisconsin.